this is Dory, and welcome to this week's episode of Slice. I am back with Natalie Kustrick. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Dory. Great to be here. And we are going to be continuing our talks on forgiveness. The last episode, we talked about how to identify some of the signs that you need to forgive. And this week, what we're talking about, what are the obstacles that get in the way of forgiveness? And also help you understand that not forgiving creates a block for intimacy and closeness. Today, we're going to talk about the obstacles that get in your way of forgiveness. However, we've identified what we feel are the four main obstacles of forgiveness. So the first obstacle is your readiness to forgive. Right. When do we push ourselves? When do we wait? becomes a really, really big question. And we were talking about this earlier. It's almost that sense of entitlement to feeling miserable and you just don't want to let go of it. Yeah, sometimes people just don't want to let go of the anger or the hurt because they could just walk around miserable, walk around unhappy, kind of put the person down like, oh, what an asshole. Oh, my God, she's such a bitch. Oh, she's such a nag. Or, oh, they're always like that. And then I get to always be like this. Right. We all get to be then stuck in a time warp Mm -hmm. of beingness. But the other part, too, is we get attention when we've been hurt. It's one of the ways that people get attention, the way they get affection. It's not the healthiest version out there, but it is a way of getting attention. And if people are saying, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you, you might be less likely to want to let go and actually forgive somebody. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because a lot of people want to bond over negative things and they, they want to, and then it makes people feel good if they're there for you. And it does feel like a way to connect. So it's hard to find the readiness to forgive because you also have to find a readiness to connect to people in a different way that's not through that story. The sign that would be connected to that is if you're constantly repeating your story over and over again, and maybe there's nothing else to talk about. That's a sign that you need to forgive. Obstacle would be the readiness can you do that because you really would have to find another way to connect right and the other aspect of that is that if you've actually formed relationships around your painful story that means that those relationships would then change and sometimes people don't want those relationships to change yes because it's it's threatening yeah and it feels good to have someone listen to you to express your pain and your hurt and then sharing it with you. Mm-hmm. It feels less lonely. You're less isolated. But it does keep you stuck, and it's one of the main obstacles to forgiveness. Yeah, and the last thing I want to just say on readiness to forgive is that some people forgive too quickly. Some people bypass themselves and their own feelings and just forgive right away and just Kind of what Madeline said in the first episode is like, I just want things to be get better. I just want to be friends. I just want everything to be smooth. Sometimes people are kind of have a go-to of forgiveness, but they're not really ready. So then the hurt and the pain and whatever feelings are there just kind of lay dormant, but they fester because there's no place for them to go. So it's really important to also begin to understand and start to identify your own readiness. You might be somebody that needs to take more time and not forgive. 
and really think about what that person did or said and how to respond to them in a way that still stands up for yourself and protects yourself and allows you to have your feelings at the same time. Right. That's a really powerful statement. A second obstacle to forgiveness is fear. How will people see me? Am I a pushover? Yeah, and the feelings connected to that are going to be shame, guilt, and embarrassment. Like, you know, I'm too embarrassed to say that that hurt my feelings. You know, I don't want to make a big deal about it. Right, because it's so dumb. It really wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, but somehow it it's only the 10th time they've left me out of the entire group right. outing. You know, it's only, that's it. Or, you know, he comes home late from work every night, you know, because he works so hard. And it doesn't matter that dinner's just sitting on the table and he promised to be home and he's home two hours later. These are all things that eventually accumulate and can make a person really, really angry and resentful or really despondent. Mm -hmm. Like they just kind of apathetic, they become apathetic about life. And that's a danger in that that happens to people. Well, the other place is like, with the anger is this is also the place where, you know, it could be really silent. So if it's silent, people are going to be like more passive aggressive about their pain. And if it's not, it's going to come out as anger. What it might look like is like revenge plots, and you know right that's when life really gets interesting at home yeah and and blame you yeah. always and it might sound like statements of like you always do this welcome she to always does that every night really? <laughs> yeah well that could be a sign that things are improving if you throw your dinner <laughs> yeah so and and then the place where this is rooted is in the ego because this has nothing to do with the true feelings that are happening. This has to do everything with how it looks, how it looks to everybody else, how it looks to you, what you think about it. It's all in this like headspace. None of this obstacle of fear in relationship to forgiveness have to do with the feeling state. It's all based in ego. Right. And how a person looks to the outside world is something that's held in really high regard. You don't want to look bad. Nobody wants to look bad. Everybody wants approval. Yeah, it's, we all want it. We all want everybody approval. wants approval. Yeah. It's a very natural human desire, and there's nothing actually wrong with wanting approval or validation in any way. It feels good. Where this becomes unhealthy is when you're literally hiding how you actually feel from another person. Then what is it that they're validating? What what are you actually validating in that moment? It becomes more of validating a false self versus a real self that you are. You're actually a person who's really hurt. You're really hurt by the way that somebody is consistently mistreating you, but you don't want to look bad. You don't want it to seem like you're ungrateful or whatever the situation is. Or you is. don't want to rock the boat. I you mean, what I see, you know, I see a lot with my couples is like, people don't want to speak up because they don't want to rock the boat. Is it worth it to speak up? Or it's like, oh, they're trying, or they make excuses, or they don't want to start a fight. Or it's just easier just to keep things the way they are. You know, I'll just keep it in. I'll just keep it the way it is. If I say my feelings are hurt or that something happened that impacted me, that they might go away or they might not care or they might not handle it nicely or they'll shoot it down. I mean, Madeline, you know, from a 10-year-old said, then you got to really ask yourself if that's somebody you want to have in your life. 
Right. And that's a scary question. It's a scary question. It's very threatening. So, you know, forgiveness always sounds like such a touchy-feely thing. Like, oh, forgiveness. Oh, you know, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually not. You know, it's easy to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry I stepped on your toes. You know, I'll I'll, I'll do something I won't do that again. I won't do that again. (laughs) But it's not easy to really – it's not easy to say you're really sorry, you know, and especially because – most people make it very personal. It's like a lot of times it's also just as a side point when we're saying we're sorry, it's like like a lot of times we don't even want to say we're sorry because it feels like we're saying we did something wrong or there's something wrong about us. But the reality is, is that when you're really in an experience of forgiveness, it's just hearing the other person's point of view and really looking at where is that valid and that whether or not you did something bad or good or you know, to the whole world, it's that that person who you're in relationship with, you had an impact on them that hurt them or affected them. And as a responsibility inside a relationship, that it's important for you to understand that and know that. And that's where the apology comes from. It doesn't come from like, oh yeah, I'm so bad. I mean, sometimes you might be. I mean, sometimes you're probably, you could be an asshole or you're like not that nice or you've done shitty things. And then you got to own up to that. And a lot of times it's just that there's miscommunications. There's other things that happen or interpretations and feelings that get in the way of things. And if we could just sit back and not personalize it, we could just say like, oh, you know, I didn't realize that what I was doing or how I said that hurt you so much or impacted you that way. And I don't want to hurt you because you're my friend. And I don't want to hurt you because, you know, you're my partner. And I don't want to impact you that way. I, like, I care about you. So I wonder what I can do differently or if I can say something differently or at least know that that's not my intention. You know, and I'm sorry for that, that I had that impact. It's a really simple process when you're not personalizing it. And it's a completely hard process. <laughs> it's not simple at yeah, all. Exactly. Which brings us to obstacle number three, feeling that if I forgive, I'm also accepting that it's okay what they did or said. Yeah, this is That is is not true. Not even a little bit. I hate to break it to you. (laughs) This is absolutely 100% not true. When you step into forgiveness, you are not accepting what somebody did. What you are doing is setting a super clear boundary with another person saying this is not acceptable, this is not how you treat me, I will not tolerate this. It's actually an incredibly empowering place and it gives the other person an opportunity to do something different and to be held accountable for an action maybe that no one has ever held them accountable for. So not only are you transforming yourself, but you have the potential to transform another human being to really improve a relationship and bring yourselves closer together versus further apart. The experience of forgiving someone that's really hurt you, and I know what people are thinking. It's like, well, what if you've been raped? What if you've been molested? What if you've been beaten? What if somebody stole from you? It's like, yeah, those behaviors, completely unacceptable, unforgivable in a certain way, unforgivable. Like those are things that never, ever, ever should happen, right? What happens is, is that when we hold on to our anger, we actually give our power to somebody else. And I think that's a really important concept for people to understand. And it's a hard concept. So I'm going to try to do it the best I can in this short podcast. But if you can hear me, 
again, when we hold on to anger, we actually give our power over to that other person. And the power is outside of ourself instead of inside of us. So when we forgive, we're actually forgiving ourselves and we're forgiving any part of that terrible situation. We're forgiving ourselves and the situation of what we had no power over at all and did not deserve at all. We never, ever, there's nobody in the world that deserves that treatment at all, but we take our power back and we say to ourselves, our part of it, our side of the street is that, wow, that is just a messed up situation and totally unfair totally horrible. Actions are unforgivable. However, I can forgive the fact that I was in that place at the wrong time. I can forgive that I didn't have a part of that or that because I said the wrong thing, my dad beat me up or because I was in that nightclub, I got raped or, you know, because I went to that church, I was molested. It's like, I can forgive that and I can stay in myself and start healing from the inside so the power is not outside of you because when the power is outside of you, you are looking for something outside of you to make you feel better. And that is never going to happen. It's an abyss searching for a ghost. It's never going to happen. What we need to do is we need to claim it for ourselves, and we forgive ourselves and we reclaim ourselves and we take back our power there. And then all the actions that take place have to do with us. And then we become in control of that healing process. And that's the only process that we're in control of. And it takes it away from other into ourselves. If you're sitting there and you're holding a deep resent for somebody that has maybe done a heinous thing, just remember that going into the space of forgiveness and working out that process has nothing to do with making it okay that they did what they did. And it's everything about you. And it's you embracing your power again. That's so beautifully said, and it's a beautiful side effect of actually being able to accept and step into this place of power that Dory's talking about, is that you'll find that you are probably doing things less destructive to yourself. So you're not numbing nearly as much as you were before when you are not engaging and you're not stepping into the truth of what has happened and owning yourself in the process. Which brings us to the last <laughs> obstacle. The last obstacle that we're going to talk about today is contempt. Yes. It's one of the worst ones to face, and it's one of the hardest ones to get through. When you find that you're in contempt, you really have to look at yourself and for the motivation of why you're not forgiving and what you're gaining out of it, because this is a power position that you're placing yourself in. Contempt is all about power. Right. Well, contempt has two sides, right? When contempt is turned towards oneself, it looks like shame, which is the belief that I am bad. Not what I've done is bad, but I am bad. This is a very limiting place to be. The other aspect is contempt turned towards somebody else. And really what that becomes is the feeling of grandiosity, this sense that you are better than the other person. It creates this separation and division from you from the other, which prevents actual healing and intimacy and connection in anyone. Mm-hmm. What it can look like is badgering somebody who's like always on your case, always telling you what to do, always telling you why it's wrong or how to do it or what the right way is to do it or like, why did you do it like that? 
you know, and then if it gets really extreme, it's like a bulldog. Like they get angry, they just get kind of mean, and then they lock onto some idea and they just don't let go. They just bite down and don't let go. What it looks like is very controlling positions. And one of the biggest is stonewalling. And it's just like where you just shut someone down. Like you just ignore, you don't talk about anything. I won't talk about it. I'm not having this discussion. I'm always busy. No. Right. You're, you're literally just simply not available, either In emotionally, physically. Your presence is no, not there anymore. And whatever the other person doing is completely unimportant to you. And they feel it and they know it. And there is zero connection. You are shut down. Yeah. And so, oh, and the other thing about this is when you're in contempt, you're also super righteous. You are so yeah. righteous because you think you're right. It's everybody's fault oh my God, these people are such idiots. Everybody is so stupid. I'm better than everybody else. And in psychology, we call it like a grandiose stance. It's like, you're bigger, you're better. So what it is, is it's like this positioning of power that you fluff yourself up, you blow yourself the up. The peacock be, effect. The peacock <laughs> effect, yeah. Like you blow yourself up to be bigger than the other person. And it's being like a big bully and you're just shutting somebody down. And it's, so unfair and it really takes someone to meet your match there for you to get past that so this is one of the hardest holdups because it's often because you're so great and you think you're so great and you think there's nothing wrong with you that it's really hard for you to identify that there's something wrong with you and that you need to change something so it takes usually something in a partnership for you to be able to see that and usually the risk of losing a partnership that you actually care about. So if you're in a relationship right now and you're hearing if any of these things resonate with you, it means that there's probably a place in there that you need to forgive. Yeah. And it also means that on the sensitive side of it is that you must have been really, really hurt at a time where there was no one to protect you. And that's why you had to get so big and take this stance. And we're really sorry for that. And we're sorry for anybody who's ever been hurt. And just to know that it never means that what people did was okay. It's just a choice that you get to make so you can heal. And you can bring more love, more joy, more intimacy, more connectedness, you know, more adventure, light into your life. I think everything that we've actually been saying so far, these four obstacles to forgiveness are all ways that we have learned to protect our hearts mm -hmm. and our lives from being hurt and harmed. And all this hurt and the harm that we're holding onto, it didn't start in this relationship. This is old, old news. This is stuff that was learned. This is part of your history. This is part of your upbringing. Mm -hmm. This is part of your early life relationships. So really what we're talking about in forgiveness is really stepping into your present time and learning to let go of some of these past hurts by dealing with situations that are happening in the now so that you can really begin to heal yourself, heal your relationships, and develop true intimacy, true connection with yourself and with others. So I hope this helped you today. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slice. Stay tuned. Natalie and I will be continuing on with our forgiveness mini series. And don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, and share. Ciao for now. Ciao for now.